connecting. Okay, here comes some music audience, I think. There it is. Yikes. Tax the rich, feed the poor, tell their own rich no Just love to change that old world, and boy, it is changing right in front of us by the day and by the weekend. Probably some changes this weekend, some of you got to comment on. And we'll kick off this week, this five-day little interlude of wonderful two-hour-a-day conversation at the Radio Ranch with the, and I think it's the 18th, isn't it, today? Isn't that correct? 10, 18, 21, the week of the 18th. and uh, Or a C. Uh, C, senor. And it's the uh, Roger Sales Radio Ranch. Glad to have uh, all of the freedom-seeking and freedom-found folks on with us here this morning as we get started. I'm a little, I'm like the butcher the proverbial butcher a little behind in his work and uh overslept this morning which is highly unusual for me uh, especially since i'm in my new digs with all the lights and uh i I didn't uh, mention it last week because of what was going on but last thursday of course uh, this is a really interesting apartment and the fact that it's an architect's home and then he designed this with all of his little architectural quirks i guess that he likes in this little building he was going to build to rent behind their house and uh it may be just a project for him i've never had that conversation with him to this point but regardless so he put a lot of things he likes art and so he's got a bunch of art in here hanging which is unusual when you move into a place where there's nice art hanging all over the place uh there's no floor lamps or table lamps or anything because all the lighting is canned lighting that's recessed in the ceiling which is also very nice i hate overhead lights you know the traditional kind they're abrasive on your eyes and they have just a funky light in the room well can lighting's different and he's got a whole bunch of them up there all over the place on different circuits and then we've got huge windows in the two main rooms here this is another bathroom and a and a kitchen uh and then on top of that there's seven skylights in the place so it, it is literally a wash with light even on cloudy you know there's a lot of ambient light coming in so that's kind of nice compared to where i was before it was like i called it the cave some of you may remember if you hadn't been around you might not but it was an apartment under another apartment with overhang on the tops and the way it was situated on the lot it was always dark uh the sun rose and didn't hit into the house in any of the few windows that were there and then everything was shaded by the overhang so even when it was warm and it's warm quite a bit in ecuador uh even when it's warm you go inside your apartment and it's dark and cold I mean, I'd have to wear, you know, an extra shirt, long sleeve shirt and stuff. And so uh, it's a big change. Well, last Thursday, I went out to run some errands and uh, came back and got caught in a driving torrential rainstorm. And we're in that section of the year where we're out of our little summer pattern where there's no clouds generally. And it's pretty well clear and windy, and the wind blows a lot during the summer months. We identify with the northern hemisphere summers, ironically enough, even though we're technically in the southern hemisphere a little bit. 
Um, so there's a lot of wind that keeps the clouds blown away, and therefore there's not too much rain in those months during the summer. And so now we're into this pattern where we have beautiful mornings, like we're having this morning here, and it gets real hot, and there's moist air in the area, and then in the afternoon it breaks into these, it's like South Florida, into these rainstorms. And we had a stem winder on Thursday, and I got caught in it. And I just soak, soaking wet. And uh, so when I get home, one of the canned lighting things has just poured water in right over my desk. All the oh, the computer, the electronics, the, the keyboard, all that stuff, man. And it's just soaking wet. Well, fortunately, it didn't get in and screw up any of the electronics. And so uh, I got to get all the it's got a little tablecloth over a kitchen table uh, a dining room table as my desk here and and so everything was soaking wet and and i cleaned all that up and got everything dry took a little while i'm freaking out because i'm thinking holy smokes is this one of those things they didn't tell me about you know and uh so saturday i saw marcella who's my landlord and i said hey i got a lot of water that came in through one of the lights and he goes oh well the drain must be stopped up on the roof and so they didn't waste any time man he got somebody and the people that live on the lot here that do clean the house wife cleans the house and i guess the guy does a lot of handy jobs around the property well they both got up there on the roof and they worked for man a couple hours and there were some trees that had over grown over the top of the place and uh, and i don't know when the last time those things were trimmed back but obviously the leaves and all that stuff had clogged up some kind of a drainage i didn't get up there and see what the drainage situation is but that had caused the leakage through that canned roof so we got all that stuff cleaned out and now the light that comes in because all those branches and leaves are missing is just like drowning out my my desk so i'm gonna have to do something and get some kind of a a blockage or something up there a piece of paper you can uh you know compress down and put up in the skylight where it'll block some of that because it's now it's just too much light on a day like today it almost drowns out with my challenge in my eyes uh drowns out the the monitor so anyway the trials and tribulations of the new apartment but it's nice and uh, it's a beautiful place on a day like this morning when there's just tons of sun and uh very bright bright day so had a pretty good weekend though saturday hung around here rained a little bit saturday and watched some college football and just kind of stayed close and yesterday i uh, did the thumper show had a pretty good show with thumper and you know did uh in church with brent and uh and uh, thought that was a, a nice couple hours had a few phone calls and got out and ran a few errands and called it a weekend so here we go kicking off monday uh don't know who we've got on the board if we've got any new folks or not but uh last week was uh last week was real productive i thought because of our new guy john coming on it gives us a chance to go back and go over a lot of those basics and uh everybody uh you know learns from that so you get reinforced or you learn something new or you see a wrinkle you didn't see before and 
so all those things are pretty productive so how's everybody doing this do you have a good weekend anybody got any questions if we got some new folks on today and uh we're going to launch off into the week we're going to have john on the last 30 minutes uh today to talk about hyperfund which is gaining a little bit of momentum and uh but up until then we can discuss anything that's on the table so is there anybody that's uh, like new somebody's rustling with a mic there anybody got something they wanted to bring up or, or address here this morning as we start the week hey raj hey alan hey man uh, the news today i don't know you may not have heard yet uh, fully vaccinated colin powell is no more uh-oh colin uh, is taking the dirt nap yep that was news this morning <laughs> well well bless my yellow cake <laughs> Boo hoo! Um, you know it's interesting when i was in uh when i was in argentina was a a, a half argentine he was originally argentine moved to the states uh and uh, went uh, through rutgers uh, university they wanted him to get into i forget which one of the agencies was courting him his name was ed vergara really really good guy and uh, ed ended up in the navy seals and he was a seal team leader and uh, communication specialist and he uh, got promoted up under as a as a the, the lowest admirable he was a uh, enlisted guy and colin powell uh, gave him a promotion to a low admiral position underneath colin powell okay and uh, he was there for a short time because it's when clinton was president and they um he's telling me these stories you know and uh they wanted him to go do all this black bag stuff and it was against his uh, constitution and his uh, his personality what the way he thought and he ended up retiring and went back and got his non-commissioned officers status because he made more money in retirement as the nco he'd been for 20 something years or whatever than this new admiral position he'd only been in for a short time but at colin powell had asked him to do all this black bag stuff and that's when he bolted uh so there you go another uh, uh one of them even of course i don't know hey, roger if I may. yeah hold on david let me finish is colin powell being a black guy even in the high end echelon of the military one of them or not uh interesting question yes dave go ahead please good morning roger uh colin powell uh we got an email this morning said he's dead from covid yeah that's what we we're just talking about Okay, I got on. I didn't hear that. Okay. I, that's why you're talking about the old Colin Pollock dude. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. Bless his, bless Sorry. his, bless his yellow. Day late, the dollar short. Well, that's a, you know, bless his yellow cake. Yeah, bless his yellow cake. What? <laughs> uh, so anyway, well, that's uh, another one bites the dust. That's uh, the old, as the old song yeah, goes. Another one of the good guys. Well, it's too bad. Let's. I want to start seeing the Jew, the one with Jew surname, start dropping. That's the ones I want to see. Uh, you know, that got the got the jab. I'm sure they're standing in line to get the jab. Don't you think? Um. Well, there you go. I, was, I don't. I I don't know that. That I can't imagine that's happening. They they created this thing, and I can't imagine that they're standing in line to. You know, they might be injecting their own people for a false flag operation to blame the unvaccinated, but, uh, yeah, I can't imagine the guys up at that level would stand in line for that. You well, know, well, let's go, well, let's go back. Anyway, to I, 
Well, let's go back and talk about that for a minute because it bears talking about being that Satan sandbox over there is the one of the most vaccinated populations in the world. And they got some of the biggest problems with COVID and the uh, the associated problems. I think they're having them. In, they're on their third or fourth booster over there already. They've got them. Rest- That's what they're reporting. But can anybody verify that, though? Can you verify anything that's coming out of there? No. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Well, then so we got it. We got to go on what we're getting. Okay. And uh, uh, I mean, I've seen the reports. I've heard of the Israelis call into shows and stuff talking about it. That one with Alex Jones from the territories here a while back. Uh, so evidently, that is going on. And but you see that then the question is. And I do believe it's going on. And why? Why, knowing that they know that what this vaccine is, obviously they developed it, been working on it for, you know, many years. Um, why are they actually going in? And why does uh, Israel, Israel, have the highest, uh, one of the highest uh, vaccinated populations in the world? So why is that going on? Because those are the people. See, now you're seeing the separation between the true Zionists, the Sabbatean Zionists, and even the regular Jews, because they hate the other Jews, especially the Orthodox Jews. You know, the Orthodox Jews that go to the Wailing Wall and do their little bowing and and their little routine and their, uh, what's the word I want, Uh, their ritual, where they supposedly stick a piece of paper with a prayer on it inside the cracks of the Wailing Wall there, the old uh, wall of the temple, the one that's remaining. Um, The Sabbatean Jews go throw uh, sacks full of human feces at them. You know, they hate those people. And so now they're over there vaccinating all this and putting the mandate on the Jews that are in Israel, the ones that they've offered and rolled out the red carpet to, to come from all over the world, you know, with the right of return. Why is that going on? Because those are the people that can really finger the Sabbatean Zionists. See, when it comes from inside their own ethnic community and somebody coming out and pointing a finger and going, these guys aren't Jews. They're these Sabbatean, these Ashkenazi, these Khazar bunch. They're following all this satanic stuff. Well, that's, I believe, this is my own personal opinion, knowing these guys, studying them as much as I've done, I think that that's the reason that they have Israel as one of the highest uh, vaccinated countries. They want those people dead so that they can't finger the people that are really pulling the strings over there. Just a theory on my part, but... I think is probably pretty valid. You know, you can look at uh, Zev Zelensky. Is that the the doctor, the one that's got the Z pack and that you see all over the place? Who's a pretty Zelenko? Zelenko, pretty well rounded, uh, uh, pretty based guy. You know, and if you've listened to any of his interviews, he just he calls them. He doesn't really point fingers. He just calls them a bunch of psychopaths. Okay. And he doesn't go much further than that in any of the interviews I've heard with the guy. But uh, but he definitely points the finger at him and puts that label on him. And pretty accurate label. Uh, I'm sure he could get a lot more afield. Evidently, what the situation is with Reform Judaism, the best. And I've been studying these guys for many, many years, as many of you have. Okay. And when I first got into this years ago and started getting my arms around it, and I went back to the old five W's. 
you know, the five W's of an investigative reporter, who, what, when, where, and why. And with the two most important being who and why, to me, anyway. And so I started studying them with that premise. I'd always, you know, I think all of us had been exposed to the fact that these are the these great persecuted people. They've been persecuted all throughout history, you know, the poor Jews and this, that, and the other. Of course, there's never any reasons why they've been persecuted. It's just always they've been persecuted. And so uh, I had that, uh, you know, exposed when I was younger, and I got into this stuff, and then I started really looking for answers in this who and why. And uh, over the years of all the study I've done to try and differentiate the factions here, because there's a bunch of factions inside Judaism, um, and it seems to me that uh, that the Reformed people have gone back and taken on the mantra the, of the uh, of the Pharisees of Jesus's time. Okay, so they're doing a lot of the same things in the same way, uh, with a lot obviously much more sophisticated technology and knowledge and systems to apply. But um, if you go back to that, there was a, a, a very interesting video. Here, I don't know, a few years ago I saw it, and it was somebody that had infiltrated the Orthodox community up there in Brooklyn. Uh, you know, there's a where Zev, whatever his name is, uh, is from in that part of New York, and there's a ton of those Orthodox folks up there. Hasidic, I think, maybe is one of the terms they use for them, you know, with the long locks and the black garb and the fur hats and all that stuff. Um. And they were interviewing them uh, on camera and uh, or some of the rabbis inside their community there. And, and they were asking them about this uh, verse where it says from their, uh, from their religiosity, if you will. I guess that's not the word I'm looking for, but I can't seize upon the word I want from their doctrine. That talks about a day will come when they'll own everything in the world and each of them will own 200 uh, goyim as their slaves and uh, the the orthodox rabbi goes well that's right and that's if we do everything right we pray three times a day and we live right in this that and the other then that is an eventuality of what will happen and i believe what is going on is the rothschild and the reform judiacs here when they founded reformed reform judaism quote-unquote reformed they reformed it from these Orthodox people that have to pray three times a day for that to happen. And they reformed it over to this Talmudic-based uh, Judaism, uh, Sabbateanism, uh, steeped in Sabbateanism, where they're their own messiahs, and they're going to bring that about, and they don't have to wait for God. They're going to bring their own messiah, and they're going to do all these things, and that's going to hasten it and bring it on their terms instead of on the other orthodox people's terms and that's what we're dealing with here today are these people right there like Stephen uh, about 100 years ago the best known rabbi was named Stephen Wise Wise W-I-S-E and one of his statements was the Jewish people are their own messiah okay uh, and he was about the time when Father Coughlin was uh, doing those radio broadcasts. You know, there's a Catholic priest named Father Coughlin, if none of you are familiar with him, who was on this issue big time, man, 100 years ago and had huge gatherings. There's tens of thousands of people would come to hear him speak, and he had nationwide radio broadcasts talking about these issues. 
and uh, of course he's been kind of wiped from the pages of history although you can find some stuff about him on the web but i think that's what's going on these modern day pharisees are these reformed judiacs which was of course founded as i said in 1837 by the rothschilds now you look back on that time frame that's a very critical time frame and you can't go through and necessarily say this happened that happened and and connect the dots that way but when you got enough information you can look at it and kind of maybe even subjectively a little bit even partially objectively uh connect some of the dots if you look at right around that time frame i think it was 1835 um maybe slightly before that when andrew jackson shut down the second bank of the united states they even went to the point of getting a supreme court verdict that that was opposite andrew jackson's decision said no there can be a second bank of the united states and he vetoed it and said let him enforce it and shortly after that reform judaism is founded by the rothschilds and that's around 1837 i think is the exact date so 1840s that's about 20 years before the civil war and now you can see them coming in and laying this this plan down cooking up the 13th and the 14th amendments saying we're going to put them into a trap where these suckers will never get out of it because they'll never be able to figure it out and then causing that war to get those two amendments set into place and look what we got today controlling the world because the people of the united states with this dual political status have been tricked into becoming property and collateralize their future income and use the collateralized uh, currency underneath them by that collateralized future income as the world's reserve currency and thereby controlling the world is that a feasible scenario sure seems like it to me many years of study and thought into it the timeline fits pretty well the event line uh goes together pretty well like pieces of a puzzle and uh so who knows but that i think is uh probably to some extent what's going on right now that we're fighting we've been fortunate enough to stumble on through whatever methods and whoever's guidance and i know where i attribute it to we've been able to stumble on some answers that stops these guys cold in their tracks they stand mute they don't say anything they don't do anything they don't react they don't do anything but comply that's a pretty much an accomplishment in itself dealing with these creeps, wouldn't you agree? I mean, think about it. Seen anything else that stops them in their tracks? Must be pretty important to them. They comply, even at their own detriment. <clears throat> And, of course, what it shows you is that they're not as all-powerful as we impute that power into them. Is they've got a lot of limitations, and all this stuff is nothing but their little M-A-J-I-C, their little magic stuff. Okay? Just like the monetary system is their little magic, little scam. You know? Uh, this little citizenship and status thing is just this little scam. All their stuff, the the uh, uh, the Moderna uh, uh, FDA approval was just a little scam. The mandate from Joe Biden to companies over a hundred employees in the country is just a little scam. It's all this magic stuff that they pull. Okay. They don't have that power. They have the power over people because they're able to pull off these little magic tricks. That's what's going on, okay? And they recognize it when they're confronted with it. 
because in almost 11 years of helping people understand this and get out of their little slave system, there's never been one single piece of blowback that's ever gotten to me. Now, there may have been some that I didn't hear about, but I find that pretty hard to believe, in all honesty. So quite a track record. We got a pretty good little cracker here to offer folks, and uh, we're happy to see more and more folks jumping on the bandwagon and starting to understand. I had a few more new requests from yesterday's uh, show with Thumper, which I like, you know, because we've been doing those about a month now, a little over or whatever, five, four to six weeks, however long it's been. And I like that Sunday show. It gives me something to do on Sunday. And, and it's a new audience and it's somebody else's platform. And all those things are kind of nice. And uh, I find that there's people drifting out of there uh, because every week when I talk about it, I get new people requesting the, the information. And uh, same with yesterday. And uh, one of them, one of them wrote and just said, "Pretty please." And I wrote him back and said, "Only if there's sugar on it." So uh, anyway, that's a, that's a good cracker, and uh, we're making some progress. People are looking for answers more so than they've ever been since I've been involved in this, and that's real good because I think we got answers for them that are valid and that work so uh if you're one of the new folks and you're listening or here even on the board and you got questions i really invite you to a- to ask them if you think so because uh, there'll be other people that have the same question that won't ask maybe they're not on the jitsi board they might be listening here on Eurofolk radio um or they're too scared they're scared that somebody's gonna say oh man that was the stupidest question well you know in teaching we used to have a saying that the this the dumb question is the one that didn't ask uh, because that's the one that the other people have, and then because nobody's asked it because they are scared that they may look foolish or whatever, then it never gets asked, and nobody ever gets the answer. So we try and avoid that and inspire you, uh, elicit your questions at any level, uh, because uh, everybody learns. So is anybody in that situation, they've got any questions or comments Roger. this morning? There's somebody. Is that Dell? Is that one of the Boston yeah, guys? Yeah, uh, yep. Hey, yep, Dale. Yep, it is. How you doing, hey, man? Uh, I just want to update you. How are you? I'm pretty good this morning, all, you know, sleeping late and everything, trying to catch up. A little yeah. Bit. Yeah, so I just want to let you know that I, I followed up after my first affidavit where they wanted me to do a legal name change through the court. Right. I, I sent the second affidavit, and uh, I, I uh, notified them, and I had some uh, uh, Supreme Court rulings. You, I did a common law name change. You do not need to do uh, a legal name change to the court. Really? As, as long, yep. I did a common law name change, and I got my passport and ID. Well, congratulations. Now, why don't you tell, because yep. this is funny. I've never had this come up before. And uh, it came up with you, and then shortly after that, it came up with Doug, another one of our new guys on the West Coast. And uh, he had a friend that was in a similar situation, and I put you two together and had you send him some information, I believe. So why don't you, for the audience, tell them what, how you do a common law name change, just in case anybody okay. else has got this problem. Okay. Well, basically, a common law name change is you could do a name change anytime on the spot. Uh, as long as you're not using it for fraud. So you say who you say you are, and you're going to go by that name. You know, the only thing that follows is IDs. Yeah, that's me. I need an ID or whatever. Uh, and, and that's it. It's, it's just simple. 
Okay. So how would you, you go know? and get an ID with your new? You just tell them that's your name. I mean, if they're looking to to issue you an ID, they usually want some sort of verification documents, birth certificate, or whatever. Uh, do you just go in and say, "Well, this is who this says," but I'm going to go with this? I believe if if uh, I think if you have two witnesses that knew you for most of your life that yeah. say that that's you uh-huh. and and this is you also uh-huh or that was you and now this is you then uh-huh. uh that's how you could do it okay that's well, one way all right that's very important uh-huh. i want to come back to that that's got some other implications this two witnesses stuff so good uh we'll and come- the other way yes or with is through like your billing cycles and stuff and and you notify them the a name correction or whatever and you're sending out your bills to that and you know uh different uh agencies whatever you're using that name of mm-hmm. course if if it's going to be irs you're going to be sending your new name to the irs as well <laughs> <laughs> you know? what do you do just draw a little bird and send it to them <laughs> <laughs> well yeah as long as you you, you state uh, that that's your name you claim that that's your name uh, it's 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 lawful it's well you it's know it's so kind of cool. like it's almost like it's contract stuff um, you know, there's a guy on the internet a while back that I was watching who was talking about this very issue of dealing with corporations and altering contracts. Because, you know, either side can alter a contract. It's just got to be agreed to by both sides, you know. Absolutely, and the, the example that he used that was titillating to me, anyway, was uh, a, a credit card offer where you come back in and you cross out the APR of 26% or whatever and you put 2%. And you send it back to them, and your credit card's based on 2% interest APR, so 26. Because they won't catch it, see? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I don't and, know, uh, but, but that's interesting, and it seems like to me it's some sort of dealing with contract. Uh, in a yeah, sense. well, they agreed that that's yeah. my name. Right. So... Well, congratulations, and you got your passport, too, without the roadblocks. You, they they lowered the roadblock and, and gave you your ID. Well, congratulations, Adele. Now, that's you, you and Lewis, and I don't know, Skip got his back yet up there? Yeah, yeah. Skip had, had his, too. Okay, all you guys. Uh, listen, our new guy, John. Uh, wrote me over the weekend an email, and I I think I've put you guys all together up there. But beside, he said he's kind of looking, you know, to get uh, with some like minded folks. And I think he's about two hours. He's in Water Waterford, I believe, Connecticut. Oh, I, and, I got an email from somebody else too. David, I think his name was. Okay, um, I, I got to contact him. I didn't get a chance to. I, I think it's David uh, Rogers. Oh. Okay, well, I'd say I believe the new guy, John, wants to, too. So we'll get you guys maybe a little group going up there of uh, if you want to get together some weekend and meet at some eatery and all break bread together or something. It's always nice when you get people together that all come from this arena because you all relate to each other so well and on such a basic, truthful uh, level. Mm. And the folks... 
that are going to go to Gadsden this for this coming Saturday's event are going to get to experience that in spades. And I'm I'm really really proud for all of you folks. I don't have any idea. I think that the Rowdy Rebel Jamboree is probably uh, uh, way more than uh, given Jimmy and Daryl what they were looking for. I think they expected to have a few people there, and there haven't been any of these type of events in the Patriot community for a while. And even though we hadn't been advertised on Alex Jones or the big shows, it's gotten legs of its own, and a lot of people have responded, evidently, to the point of double or, or more the capacity of the venue. So it's going to be very interesting, and I know they got to be real pleased with the, uh, with the uh, reception and the response for their efforts there in Gadsden this weekend, and I would imagine a number of you on the board are going. I know, I know Jeff's uh, planning on going, and Alan, you're going to pop over there, aren't you? aren't you? I mean, yeah, I'm planning on being over there, too. I mean, Alan's about like, uh, you're about like a nine iron away from there. And, uh, hour and a half, I imagine, something like that. Yeah, Harvey will be there. I think Harvey's going to be speaking. And uh, Harvey's going to have, I believe, we're planning on having, uh, I think he's going to talk on Cerule, which is the STEM Enhance product that, uh, we were taken some of us have been taken for a couple of years now that's uh fantastic stuff and i think he's going to have some of dr flick's machines over there and maybe talk about the frequency machines a little bit and have a couple of uh units people can look at anyway i hope so um and uh, so that should be a great gathering and i'm really uh, really proud that a bunch of you guys are going even pageant and, and some folks going as far as far away as california yep. so you know so y'all a, come over and say hi to me y'all look at that she's already in the in the vernacular well, she's dropping my y'alls my sister's from tennessee so you know <laughs> <laughs> but i have some stuff to tell you okay good well we're all ears well, my mom's passport is still on hold. Nothing is moving, even though I wrote a very good letter to the Secretary of State that she signed. Yeah. But, so that's on hold. But my brother received a letter that was really interesting. It it wanted him to officially fill this form out to prove that he does not have his um, passport card, that he lost it. He has. It's like you have to be all official about it because yeah. a U.S. national cannot have two passport cards it actually said a u.s national on his paperwork really okay well you know we're finding out all kinds of new stuff um did he, he literally did he lose it he lost it and he told them on the application i lost it and um so that wasn't enough for them they want him to fill out a special form that proves that he lost it well now uh, you know, I got mine stolen in Argentina by some Americans, uh-huh. and I'm trying to reflect back and remember exactly, but seems like I had to go through some sort of a lost form, too. Now, I was dealing with the embassy 600 miles away over the phone, uh, and but it seems like I had to do something like that. But they say officially the U.S. national cannot have two passport cards, huh? I said it on the form. So I said to him, well, that's cool. Now you've already got some form of ID that says you are a U.S. national. Yeah, that's true. That? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's pretty interesting. Okay, well, we continue yeah. to find out more little wrinkles, you know. 
Yep. And then um, the other thing that's going on is that I had a friend who went to Pasadena around October 2nd and the guy wouldn't let him in the cafe because, you know, he has a bare face. And the guy the guy was standing at the door and said, pretty soon you're going to have to have, you know, the covid, you know, the, the certificate of vaccination ID in order to get in. And um, uh, so that was going to be pretty soon. And then I went and did a search and I found on the internet that they were going to implement it starting on October 2nd. So I immediately got to work and sent a letter to the share, uh, to the police of Pasadena. And I said, hi, I just want to let you know, I'm coming to your town and you're not going to stop me from, you know, crossing the line just because I'm a pure blood bareface, whatever, you know? And um, so I just wanted to let you know, I'm a U.S. national and I will be coming to your town. So just make sure it's accessible to me. Thank you very much. And I also sent a whole bunch of letters to the five L.A. County uh, supervisors. So I let all of them know, y'all better make sure that you have people trained at the doors who can let U.S. nationals in because we're not necessarily choosing to, you know, follow all this stuff. I would. And, hmm? I would also, when you're doing this correspondence with these people, because you're kind of imputing that they understand everything that's going on behind the scenes, and I, I don't believe they do. Okay, so you might want to add in your I'm not just singling you out pageant, but anybody that wants to go through this exercise is to put in there and remind them that their only authority is over citizens of the United States and residents. Okay. And yeah, that I'm a national good. and differentiate those two because I, I, my experience is these bureaucrats, the, these little elected officials and stuff, these figureheads, they don't know jack squat about yeah, what's going on. I figured on they don't know anything. So this is what I did. I um, took one of the, the letters. I wrote five physical letters that I sent through the mail through the judicial district as private living man and with my signature, not a stamp, and with tracking or even with uh, certified because I can do that now. But um, uh, what I did is I CC'd the, the – basically, it's uh, – I guess I can't call it CCing because you can't exactly CC the Secretary of State, but I copied the email that I sent to my uh, supervisor and I sent it to the Secretary of State because I'm like, you know, just so uh, you know what of, these morons of, are doing. Of, of California? No. Of the U.S.? <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. And then um, I, took, I took a letter that I specifically wrote to the Attorney General of California and I said, this is basically what I have said to our five county supervisors. And I just want you to know, because you know, you know, you know about nationals and what have you. So like, basically, I'm just telling him basically he could get them in line. Mm -hmm. And um, so I did all of that. And then I said to my friend, OK, I've looked at tracking. Everybody has received their letters. Let's go to Pasadena on a field trip. So on Saturday, we went to Pasadena and we didn't know if we were going to see, you know, certified you know, uh, COVID uh, certificate of vaccination ID um, to get in anywhere. So we we're all prepared and he was filming and there's nobody at the door and there's nobody. This is where there was someone at the door on October 2nd. And now they supposedly implemented this stuff on October 7th, but there's nobody at the door on Saturday. So, <laughs> So I'm like, oh, my God, that's just really cool. Like, there's nobody at the door. So we walked in. Every single person had a mask on. In fact, with all the time that we spent walking all around town looking for, because we looked at a whole bunch of places, and we talked to people who worked in those places, because we're looking for this, you know, certificate of vaccination ID to get in, you know. 
And um, I saw one little girl with a bare face, one man on a bike with a bare face, and one teenage boy with a bare face. Everybody else had, you know, their faces covered. So here we are walking into this very, very popular restaurant. It's the kind of thing where you're waiting in line. It's a long line. You finally snake your way to the front. You give your order. You pay your money. You get the number. You go find a seat inside or outside. Inside is very, very noisy. Find a seat. Someone comes and brings you your food or your drinks or whatever you're getting. So I'm standing there in the line and I'm, we're moving forward and we're moving forward and no one's like challenging us. And then finally, this lady from behind the, the thing is, is holding up a sign, you know, you got to wear a mask. And I just shook. No. And then she's like offering me two graphene masks and, you know, the blue ones, the disposables. And I'm like, no. So she said something to somebody and that somebody was a very nice waitress. She walked all the way around and she came up to us and she goes, you know, you got to wear a mask. It's required, you know, because it's like it protects people. And I said, no, my evidence is on file with the Pasadena police. And I don't do that. I don't I don't fall for any of this kind of stuff. Nope. And she goes, OK, no worries. It's so brought us to a seat outside where it was so nice and it wasn't loud. She went and got us disposable menus. She took our order. She took my money. She came back, um, gave me the number. And then the guy comes and brings us our stuff. And we didn't have to wait in line. We got like first rate treatment. So when we were done there, we went walking all around town looking, looking for anything. And it's like we, we could not find the, the same level of communism that was there just on October 2nd. So anyway, that was my story. Amazing. That's a pretty amazing story, Pageant. <laughs> Thank you. Tomorrow I get to do the airport. I am so excited. I can hardly wait to see Well, that. you know, Doug, aforementioned Doug, was through their LAX uh, weekend before last. and said that him and his buddy were the only two walked right through the airport. Nobody said boo to him. Uh, my experience down here is unless you got to go into the mall because they want you to do the temperature check and all that stuff and you at least got to stick it on to get in there uh, but then you can pull it down and nobody seems to even say any the guards that walk around they used to say oh pull your mascarilla up over your nose and they they don't even do that anymore it seems like so people are getting a little complacent with the whole scene i think it's interesting here in California because it changes. Since I've been maskless for 20 months, I've gone through seeing that they've changed how they train people. It always seems to go through different different things. So I don't know what to expect. I'm going to be flying out of Long Beach. Uh, so, you know, I, I am in surrender. I am willing to put the thing on. I have a cloth one, and I'm willing to see, you know, um, I look at it like I went to two autopsies a long time ago and I wasn't asked to wear a mask. But what if I had been asked to wear a mask? It would have been no big deal. I could have done it for a second, you know. So I look at it like that. I'm yeah. in surrender, but I can hardly wait. <laughs> I want to see what happens. Very cool. Well, I still, you know, wish we could clone you um, and just run the overrun the country with Paget's attitude. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. All the prince. You know what I said to my friend when we went to this place? Because at first we were hoping we would find like Vax Pass requested. I said to him, I kind of feel like I'm being sent to the principal's office. All of that time I got sent to the principal's <laughs> office, then it was training. And then I did 28 years at LAUSD. I can't tell you how many times I was called to the principal's offices. So all that was training. Okay. Well, obviously it, did, it didn't take on you. <laughs> The training they were trying to enforce on you didn't take too well. No, but um, it teaches you 
to think fast and throw them off balance. Well, it sure does. It teaches you to be belligerent. And now here at this later stage in your life, this uh, belligerency is going to come in real handy for you. And hopefully it's going to rub off on other folks and give other folks some courage because you're a wonderful example of how you take this information and run with it, quite frankly. Um, yeah, and just see what works. Well, it seems like it's working to me. I, you know, I mean, in all these years, I've never seen where it doesn't work. Okay. Now we're in extenuating circumstances now. We never didn't have these kind of circumstances the, before, but at, in all these years, I've never seen it not work. So, anyway, well, great pageant. We'll be uh, anxious to hear about more of your exploits. Yeah, and for people out there, the word that works really well is evidence because our affidavit is citizenship evidence. Correct. And it's a great word because if you say something like, oh, no, I have my, uh, I have an exemption on file with the, the sheriff, that does work too. But now they're getting trained to not like the word exemption because too many people are getting religious exemptions. Right, right. So evidence is just the best word. It's okay. like, yeah. Yeah. It, you could also say you've got your evidence on file with the attorney general of the state of California and all the local oh, yeah. pertinent officials, sheriff, yeah, police. The, the thing that really sticks to them, though, is when I said, oh, no, my evidence is in file with the Pasadena police. That that was enough. Okay. Like, Whoa. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, so like I said, you've got to be a belligerent claimant. Who's trying to say something there? If, if I may, Roger. Yeah. Lewis from Boston. Hey, Lewis. Hey, bud. How you doing, man? Hey, good, good, good. Uh, well, two things. One, I'm interested if Passion has put the airlines on notice with her uh, affidavit, because uh, I understand you do not need to wear a mask if you do that. Really? No, I wanted to try being a, a national going and traveling. I want to see what that does. I did call Southwest and I found out all of their ins and outs of what they want, what their rules are. But I feel like I'm I'm out of those rules. And I feel like I'm out of those rules of the, the airline and and everything so we'll see and if i'm wrong then i'll find out and then i can do something like that mm -hmm. and southwest is who you're flying as a carrier yes i hope they don't cancel the flight on you i would rather it get canceled than i have a bought and plot shotted pilot <laughs> right <laughs> uh, too funny uh now let me ask you you're flying to nashville you got a sister in nashville y'all are going to drive down to gadsden and then uh, drive back to nashville are you going to stay in nashville for a few days or are you going to do the la turnaround and go back quickly no, i'm also going to mississippi i'm going to go to a couple of federal sites and see if i can get in without a mask i want to test this thing all over the place all right well that's interesting to miss the great state of mississippi huh Yep. What uh, federal sites are you going to in Mississippi, may I ask? Vicksburg. Pardon me? Vicksburg. Vicksburg. Uh, uh, okay, yeah. right on the old Mississippi River. Yes, this, uh, I've been through Vicksburg many years ago. Uh, interesting. Okay, a lot of history around there for sure. That was a pretty yep. big battle in the Civil War. Yep. I've only been to Vicksburg, I mean, to Mississippi to gamble. So, yes. It, I uh, see. I'm dragging my sister to Civil War stuff, as it's called. Uh, I see. Well, there's a lot of those kind of uh, uh, facilities around the South, certainly. Where did you go up yeah. there to the uh, the Indian Reservation in northern Mississippi where SRAM goes to gamble all the time? Gosh, probably. I can't remember. It was too long ago. I want to say the Choctaws, but I don't think that's who it is. 
Uh, anyway, well, listen, that's uh, that's interesting. So you'll be gone for a little while, a few days, and go uh, some uh, yep. some other exploits. Okay, well, that's good. I just want to challenge things everywhere and see what I can and can't get away with. Well, you are one of the most aggressive, the- belligerent students <laughs> that I've had, and it's really refreshing. I hope you rub off I on some of these it? these timid. See, there's a lot of very tip people that are very timid about this, you know, and you're a wonderful example to those to the timidity in folks as they especially initially get introduced to this because people are always you know they just want to stick their toe in the water a little bit and see if the water's warm enough well i was naturally the one who challenged every babysitter (laughs) i'm sure you i am sure you were (laughs) and i I got thrown out of church when i was eight but anyway um you're the one you're the one that had the babysitter said i'm never gonna get hired by you again (laughs) (laughs) well it wasn't that bad but you you gotta be sweet you just gotta challenge it and see how far you can take it but anyway um on the way back though depending on how much I get away with on the way there. And if I don't get away with anything, then, oh, well. But if I get away with being maskless on the way there, on the way back, I'm going to add water. I'm going to try and get uh, water through the <laughs> I'm going to see. I want to see how far I can take it. Well, those diplomats, those, 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 they, they have diplomatic immunity and they go and rape and murder and behave badly and I can't take water? I don't. It's like, no. <laughs> I'm <laughs> you got me laughing now, Paget. Well, I'm anxious as as everyone else will be to hear about the success of your exploits. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I know you'll keep us in the loop. Yeah. So, some somebody else had something to add. I think they were trying to get something in there a minute ago. Who might that have been? Somebody had something to say. I thought no. Okay. Well. Right. Yep. There's hey, Rod. See there. There's two or three people. Yep, right. what? Go ahead, Dave. God, Dave. I just heard something the other day. I don't know if it was on your show, but it was quite an eye opener. That that somebody said the Civil War was the war to usher in civil law, and that was like, wow. That was what Dar- a revelation. That, I mean, that was duh, Dar- right that in was, your face. Right? That was uh, that was Daryl's comment, and that came years ago. Was that Daryl? Yeah, he came on here one day. Yeah, that I, that's one the first his, time I ever heard that. Well, we don't, probably don't repeat it enough, but he came on here. I call them Daryl-isms, you know. Yeah. He came on yeah, with, right. a, with a, with a Daryl-ism, and, <laughs> and, and he comes on, he just drops them. You know, there's no buildup or anything. He just drops these Daryl-isms on you, and they're pretty profound. And one of them was, uh, was the day when he came on and said, a Gordian knot has to be untied the way it was tied. Now that's a that's a Darylism, okay? And and the same word right. here is that it's not the Civil War; it's the war to bring in the civil law, which is totally accurate. See, and uh, so I'm sorry you hadn't heard it before, but it is extremely accurate and it's very profound, also. So we appreciate the Darylisms. Well, I'm glad I finally heard it. Yeah, me too. Man. Thank you, Daryl, and thanks, Roger, for this platform. Yeah, and, and you're used to... Uh, and you, go get him, Paget. There you go, and you're welcome to use these Darylisms. I don't think he's got them copyrighted. Oh, believe me, I'm using it. <laughs> Good enough. So. Absolutely. So... And and Paget, you make sure when you when you confront these these scumbags, you tell them you're going to give them a dose of Paget's disease. <laughs> <laughs> no, I give them Pinky Rose sweetness. You give That's them. What I do. 
That's you, how I used to get out of cars. I mean, you know, tickets because you know I drive like eighty-five in a thirty-mile-hour zone, and they say um, you you were you were going eighty, and I'm like, no, it wasn't. And they're I was like, I'm going like thirty-five, and they're like, no, maybe on your way up to eighty, and your way down from eighty, but you know. And I'm like, no, and I'm I'm just sweet. So we'll see. Hey, just, can I interject something? You just charm them to death, don't you? Yes, you can interject, please. Hey, uh, I'm in North Mississippi. When you come through, if you'd like a place to stay with Brenda and I. Oh, that's fine. Hey, well, we had not heard from you since Old Blue was a pup. Where the hell have you been? Uh, it's busy taking care of my business, baby. TC being it like Elvis. But uh, at the end of the day, if you want to see where Nathan Bedford was dug up the other day, I'll be glad to show you a spot about the Civil War. Oh, thank you. Um, do you have my email? Or can you see the <laughs> chat? Yeah, this I don't do all that. Roger's got my number. No, I Patrick. I don't because this uh, the platform I had all that on went dark, and I don't have it on the new one. So you need to send me uh, something to Radio Ranch at mail dot com, and I'll have it. It's just KPL at Comcast dot net, like Kilo Papa Lima KPL at Comcast dot net. KPL at Comcast dot net pageant. KPL Kettle Paul. Larry at Comcast. There you go. Kilo Papa Linga at Lima, Lima. Lima, like Peru, at Comcast.net. That would be one Patrick, and he is a uh, he's a tow truck company owner up there in in the Memphis area, and really, really makes a lot of people mad at him when he starts hauling their cars off. Parking lot cops, man. Parking lot cops. All right, I got to get, we got to get back to the cars. Good hearing the chat up. Enjoy Thank you. See okay. Well, I'll get in touch. Don't be a stranger there, stranger. Hey, Rob. All right. Somebody All right. else, some, somebody else is wanting in. Who's that? It's Chuck. Chuck, are you back in Oklahoma yet? Yeah, I'm back. Okay. I was back in okay. uh, Anyway, so I got some news to talk about. Do you know that? Well, first of all, I'm going to say this. Carla is actually listening. <laughs> Who is? My daughter. Oh, good. So I just heard her go off. She's in there listening. <laughs> She's getting after me for uh, outing her. But, okay, but now see. Oh, you said karma. No, Carla. Karma is listening. No, Carla. Uh, anyway, so. The, the reason that she didn't listen in the past is because sometimes the oh the conversation goes a little sour you know they're just the language ter- goes uh, a little sour we we try and don't we try to never cross the Carlin line <laughs> I know but I'm just talking about uh, female male parts and stuff like that that's what I mean okay well I can't speak to that generally i don't think that i mention that stuff but sometimes those things come up in conversation boy don't tell yeah. her tell her not to listen to alex jones no we don't listen to alex we quit listening to him a long time ago you know it's interesting alex has really come around i i didn't listen to him for years and i've started listening to him here a bit lately and a little more and he has really come around in a number of ways he's uh, he's grown up a bit and he's Still got his egotism, but not to the point that it used to be as abrasive. And he's gotten extremely spiritual, 
very, very spiritual, outwardly spiritually oriented and, uh, uh, and outspoken about it. So, uh, those are kind of refreshing to me. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't, well, I, and then also I don't have a whole lot of time to listen to a bunch of people. Right, 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 right. Anyway, but what I wanted to say also is that, uh, I've got, uh, four other people, I think now to turned on. So we'll see if they'll listen when, uh, that, uh, conference that we were at, that's what I was part of what I was doing up there was talking uh-huh. to people. Okay, cool. Well, so, you know, Chuck, uh, in, as I've said, and we, we're in a somewhat of a golden age and as it applies to this information, because out of all these years, there's just never been people that are as willing to listen and looking for answers as there are now when they were complacent and their job was all right and you know all the things were were acceptable and now things aren't acceptable anymore and that puts them into the seeking category and it's very refreshing you know honestly uh we need to what's the old cliche you make hay while the sun shines you know we need to be making hay when because the sun's definitely shining right now right right and i got a friend who is uh, a dear, dear, dear older friend in his 80s. He's an ex-air uh, combat control guy that started, helped start the air combat control in the Air Force. And this guy was up high up and had a lot of, he's the one that they got them, uh, they used to go have to have the air combat control go through all of the, Fort Benning and some of these other special forces places to go get special forces training because that's basically what they are. They're special forces. And if you listen to Jeffrey Prather innings, which I do every once in a great while, he says that uh, the air combat control are the best of the best, not the special forces Green Beret or the uh, uh, the terrorist group Delta Force. Um, So Anyway, he uh, he was big in JBS for a while. He was a state coordinator in in Florida, and I think I think here at one point, um, but very big, and was close to is close to a lot. He has a lot of people still in the know with with all some of the uh, military stuff going on, and he has uh, anyway. So he was. Um, had some he had some close dealings with the Oklahoma City bombing as well. But anyway, finally I mentioned this to him before offhand and he didn't really seem to stick or like have an interest in it at first. But I take the code paperwork over to his house and I start showing him that. I downloaded I, I printed off the two forms that you later the updated forms that you have now that you sent out. Oh for, yeah. yeah. Uh, Escaping the metrics right. and all that, so I, I right. downloaded that to get over there. He's like, uh, "Can I keep this?" <laughs> like, yeah. What, uh, what uh, you know? The we've got some great <laughs> tools, Chuck. You know, and I want to come back and touch on JBS too. We've got some great tools for folks like your friend here. Uh, of course, the premier one I think is this uh, certificate of non-citizen nationality when it lays out the statement that everybody's got a dual political status, and then yeah. it, you can take them below the statement there and show them where the state citizen is 
owes a total allegiance to a small less state and you can explain that fairly easily um and then show them where the federal state is capitalized shortly under that and and the differences there can if somebody can't see that and understand that dual political status statement and its importance then you know stick a mirror under their nose and check to see if they frost it and go on to the next one um so hopefully it'll get this guy's attention um jbs is an interesting situation and a lot of folks over the years have been introduced to this through the john birch society um the john birch society is a uh, controlled opposition organization as much as i hate to say it uh, and that's been proved over and over again by them. Uh, probably the best example is the late and I would say great Colonel Jack Moore. Uh, are you familiar with his story, Chuck? Colonel Jack Moore? You tell many, many times. I'm, I've talked to him about it. As a matter of fact, oh, really? Oh, okay, cool, cool. What did he What did he say yeah. about it? Do you remember? I don't remember. He he was sort of familiar with Jack Moore, but wasn't that familiar? There's another guy local here. It's a big time JBS guy who puts on presentations and stuff, and so he in a researcher. So he went to go ask him about it, and then I don't remember what the result was off of that. I think we got onto the conversation and then sidetracked. Um, anybody so, that's new to this, and I can understand, there's probably some folks that most folks probably are new to it. Actually, uh, Colonel Jack Moore, and I believe his name was spelled M O H R. Uh, and uh, he was one of the first people that was captured in North Korea by the communists. Okay, And so it was right when John Birch was getting started, and when he got released by the communists, he was obviously a celebrity to the JBS, and so they took him in with open arms, and uh, he became very quickly their number one speaker in the country. And, of course, they've got speakers, anybody that's been involved with a, a, a peripherally or whatever with jbs john birch knows they have these speakers that travel around and jack moore was their number one speaker and it was in he's from arkansas i believe was and um it was in the meeting at little rock when he finally got turned on to the whole zionism aspect of everything and he got up in that speech and started talking about the zionists and the next day jbs pulled him off of the tour and kicked him out of the organization for talking about the Zionists in his talk, the number one speaker in the John Birch Society. So uh, if you don't know, the John Birch Society was started by a guy named Jack Welch, W-E-L-S-H, I think, and he was the heir to the Welch Candy Fortune. You know the little peppermint stickers with the red and white swirls? That, those are Welch. Those are Welch candies. Okay, and that company was bought by the Rockefellers, and that money is what was used to start the John Birch Society. And it's my understanding to this day that John Birch has a no overdraft account with Chase Manhattan. What is whatever it is now, but uh, anyway, a eat meet and retreat bunch. John Birch. They do some good work. They have very good publications, but they never take you the full mile. They're a counter-controlled opposition group. So for yeah. anybody's information there, if you didn't know that. Hey, and also, we were looking at his passport. We pulled it out, and I think it's it's probably expired. But he was trapped. This guy had, it's unbelievable. He had, he had clearance. 
he didn't even need the passport all the time when he went anywhere. Um, to ha- he had priority, mm-hmm. so he could command planes to take him from one place to another. Wow. Well, so, now his passport has a number, like you know how they would. Uh, it's got pinholes in the top of his the top cover with a number across it, and the last one's numbers on it are eleven. So huh. I don't know if anything. Are we looking at the card when we're looking at the number? Well, I, than, I think I think you're looking at the card more. But I would hasten to add, don't 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 put too much on the numbers from the standpoint of like Harvey calls it. Well, I, they don't have me as a national because I don't have O nine. I said, well, you know, that's the reason I don't like to concentrate on that, because Paget came on here last week with a couple other numbers, 7-7 and 7 and they've got diplomatic or ambassadorial overtones, too. So, you know, I get people that, oh, no, I don't have 9 they're not doing it. Well, that's just not right, you know. And I'm going to tell you, everybody, what I told Harvey the other day on the phone when we had this conversation, in my experience, they may pull that kind of crap when you're in their jurisdiction, but when you're coming out of their jurisdiction just like with dell with the the example earlier on this common law name change when you do stuff and you're coming out they generally to my experience follow everything very correctly okay yeah i'm, I'm not saying one way or another i'm just saying that i found it interesting right. that that was even on the top cover because i don't think i've seen that on other covers now well, I just I don't remember the pinholes either on anybody's and uh, was it a recently expired one, Chuck? Do you know? I didn't read the date on it. Uh huh. Okay. I'm not sure. I'd have to ask him. He had to go digging it out to find it. But we just found it interesting because what that shows me is not he didn't have to necessarily be a national, but he because of his status within the military, he had that kind of uh, clearance. Yeah. Yeah, so when he goes through airports and stuff like that, they don't mess with him. I mean, he's just, well, I mean, I can imagine that if somebody is classified as a diplomatic courier by the Department of State, they could probably still be citizens of the United States. They've just got this new uh, label. Okay, and underneath, they've still got that status. What they're doing with us is they go through and you change your status, and because that diplomatic courier has a lot of the trappings that they would legally impute upon a state citizen, they just overlay it because there's no place in the back office for them to say, oh, here, this guy found out what we're doing. He's a state citizen. He caught us. They don't have one of those to check. So they've got to put it somewhere, Okay. And there's a lot of the. If you look at that list, there's quite a few different types of diplomat yes, statuses. There are. There are. It's what so, Agit was I mean, uh, turning us on to last the other day. Yeah. Yeah. It. It. I think it's great. I mean, the only thing is that they don't have you termed. I guess if they're going to look it up the passport in their system, it would look at, be under that one of those designations, and not necessarily. It doesn't necessarily say U.S. national. Well, you know, but, here's if you're if you're applying with a passport, this is another beauty about doing it with a passport versus just sending it in cold. Okay is they've got to process that thing where they've got it on there saying you can attach documentation. They can't take the documentation you attach and throw it in the trash can. Yep. Okay? And I know, and Harvey said, Harvey's remark, I don't trust them. I said, Harvey, you got every reason not to trust the son of a bitches, okay? 
but by my experience when you're coming out of their system where they can do anything to you and you're coming out and going this direction they do everything by the book as i've never had an example where they didn't let's put it that way i've had the examples where they throw out the bluff letters we've had the example harvey had it where they wanted six more pieces of identification but when he provided it they followed through okay and you can't tell me they're processing that paperwork where they say you can attach something and if you attach something to your application they can it i just can't believe that okay yeah now the other one if you want to send it in cold and some people do it somebody was just uh, yesterday scott from the coast and uh called me and um He's getting ready to file him. He's going to come on and tell you all about it here. I think he's off doing it today somewhere. But he said, oh, I sent one cold just to the administrative records, and I'm doing it with a passport, too. Fantastic. Cover your bases. Okay. Had somebody that sent one in cold just here within the last 60 days, and he's already sending in FOIAs wanting to check and make sure it's in his administrative file. In the light of everything that's going on today internally all over the world with these bureaucracies and the covid confusion and everything else don't expect them necessarily to have that in your administrative file in 60 days okay i mean don't forget here a year ago the irs was six months behind on simply opening their mail (laughs) all right that that came out irs we're six months behind on opening our mail okay so Uh, well, that's good. Uh, good. Glad you made it back safely, Chuck. You got a great connection today. One of the better fidelity connections we've had with you. What are you doing right? Well, I don't have my earbud in. Maybe that's the problem. Well, you sound just loud and clear wall-to-wall hitting five on the peg over there in the red. Somebody stole that. I had the right earbud with me at the restaurant with my friend, That another friend, Law, that Law guy talked about before that put up some resistance is now uh interesting because i i'm able to speak it more fluently than i was when i first started talking to him i guess and so he's like yeah because he's been involved in something similar to this before but you had to do a whole bunch of extra steps and stuff and it, it had something involving the secure party creditor stuff Oh, UCC, filing UCC1 forms in the property records office and all that kind of stuff. Man, well, that's, that, a lot of that is that Tim Turner stuff. And and that that's what's gotten the waters very muddied for a lot of folks that want to follow through and file their affidavit in the property records office there, fulfilling the front end to due process. And, you know, they go in, I want to file this, and the, the people call the FBI sovereign citizen squad on them, for God's sakes, you know. So he backed off of that. And now that uh, I sent him, well, I sent him some stuff, and then I took the, I don't know, I don't even think I took the code form up there because I printed it off. I don't think I took the code. But I sent him the other stuff. He said, well, uh, yeah, I did send to him an email. That's right. Mm-hmm. So he's like, "Why?" he's like, man, I am very interested. You're this good. is right. You, you're saying everything that I, I know or knew or along the lines, and it's right, but it's simple. 
Yep. It doesn't have all that other stuff complicated, messing with the government on trying to get money or doing this or something like that with them. And, uh, and so I said, yeah, of course. I mean, that's the way I don't, because I got looked in that all that other stuff too in the past. I mean, well, a was- number of people have, you know, with the straw man <laughs> arguments and the UCC one filing forms and all that stuff, and it is very complex. Okay, and it's difficult for people to understand. And people that got into it and did it follow through. Some of them maybe hell still be in jail you know unfortunately but that's why you got to go back and and the the easiest the thing that's been my objective chuck is to try and simplify this to where we can get it with mass appeal where it's somewhat easy to explain and easier to follow through on and i believe we've gotten it to that point i uh, you know at this stage i don't know if we can simplify it any more than one sentence the two forms that you got are a big help I mean, and now we got the passport codes and stuff, so I can sit there and show people, and and we got the website uh, links on the U.S. national stuff from the uh, from the passport office itself, from the, the State, State uh, Department, yeah, State Department, yep. and so I mean, we're just that there's a lot of tools that have been added to this that just make it a lot more easier and makes it people look at it as more legit. I mean, it just opens their eyes, and we're well, in a crisis now in this country to where people are they want to do something yeah they're looking for answers see their ox has gotten gored everybody's ox in the world got gored simultaneously on january the 20th you know and uh, it's it, it presents a situation like i've not been presented with before from the advantageous standpoint of proffering this information to multitudes and people are starting to listen you know they want to listen i had a very interesting email yesterday from the thumper thumper appearance and a guy goes does this mean that i can't own property anymore (laughs) and i had to write him back and say hey man you are property I got a big kick out of it. I said, that's why you don't, that's why you got a title, a certificate, a title of your car. You don't have the title. That's why even if your house is paid for, just don't pay the property taxes and see who owns your house. You can't own property. You are property. Yep. Yep. So it's just uh, funny, you know, man. We're gonna, you're, this information really has to, uh, some folks have to really unwind from it. Yep, but and he's a paralegal guy too. So, oh, okay. um, well, he'll pick up quicker than most. Yeah, he he's our, he's on board. So okay. I, I I expect him to start. He'll he should be filing here not too long. Great. Well, you asked him. You tell him this from me. If he's got any questions, come on here like everybody else, and we'll be happy to answer them. Or, and I, I've got. Listen, I want to throw this out there just in case anybody's interested. If you're real shy, or for whatever your reason may be, if you want a private consultation, I will do a private consultation with you, and I do enjoy doing them. Uh, I've done a couple, so a couple folks are here on the board that I've done private consultations with, and it gives me a chance to really get to know you a little bit better because we're on a one-on-one, and, and and really spend some dedicated time with you. I do charge you one hundred and fifty dollars an hour okay uh and i do that and i make that price a little bit higher than i probably would have otherwise it should be more than that honestly nobody else knows this information like i do uh but uh it uh, uh it 
the reason for that is to try and steer you onto the forum here where everybody can learn. Okay, but some folks, for whatever their reasons, don't want to go that route, and that's fine with me. And I can always use the extra cash, and I enjoy doing it. So, if you want to go that route, uh, we can go that route too. You just need to contact me, and we'll set it up. I think. I think also, I might be able to get my dad involved. Well, I mean, you know, we had Gary and David's ninety-one-year-old mother just filed one within the last month, six weeks. Yeah, he's not that old, but he's he is older. <laughs> well, that's got to get there. I, you know, it seems like to me up there, somebody when they start seeing people of that age go through this, that's yeah. got to get somebody's attention somewhere. Probably. I mean, but he's had he's had things with the IRS. Remember, he hates the IRS. <laughs> well, stand in line. <laughs> get a number. <laughs> I was talking to my talking to my friend Mark, um, and he said because he's he's practicing he's doing some paralegal stuff for people right now, and he said uh, as, with another guy, not a not an actual law firm, I don't think. So um, he's got a court case he's dealing with in New York over this is a little, this is a separate item, but he's dealing with the guy that had the uh, he getting in a divorce. Mm. and that his he married an australian mm. and so the woman got his children somehow i forget how i think i thought he had them but somehow she wound up with them so anyway she left Uh-oh. the country how oh and and in new york this is weird he was telling me in new york they have some kind of the way their laws are set up he was able they he preempted them basically before they could go do a filing is what it sounded like to me now, somebody else might be familiar with Pre- this setup and preempted them before they could do what kind of a filing uh divorce i think or custody or something he preempted it somehow and shut it all down according to their laws New and York? then the judge but the judge overruled it he the judge just took it upon himself to rewrite write the law basically and is doing something totally illegal. Judicial so, judicial activism. Yeah. So anyway, so he's trying to help him out, and I got to send him all that paperwork that hmm. that Ralph sent me in the That's past. A, you know, I had uh, the guy that was the only fellow that had an affidavit admitted into a court proceeding. I've told yeah, the story. Well, that one, and it, what a lot of the sticky point on this because he married a foreigner too and uh what they did he she had to put up a bond if she was going to leave the country with the child she had to put up like a two hundred fifty thousand dollar bond or something huh i don't guess this woman had to do that i somehow well she has he mentioned her having folks in uh indiana but i don't know what that has to do with anything so i don't know I don't know either. Uh, we have to know more details, and it's a different state, and we don't. Fortunately, we don't deal with divorces around here too often. <laughs> I dealt with one many years ago, and I don't want to deal with another one. Thank you very much. I know, me neither. Did you get that? You never heard from the guy again, did you? Do what? No, I haven't heard from him. You mean the guy in Huntsville? Yeah, that went to court. No, I hadn't heard anything from him in a while, so I don't know what's going on with all that. 
but uh but i do though i do know from what he told us that judge did not want that affidavit being read in that courtroom right um anyway so i think he's going to be able to help my dad where i'm going to talk to my dad about this okay getting out from the IRS and getting it resolved well you just tell your dad i mean it's pretty simple now it amazes me how simple it is to get out of the irs and all the people that have lost their lives their businesses their marriages and and committed suicide and all that over these creeps okay yeah and there it is right there on the front page of their jurisdictional statement if you know how to interpret their little word game it's just right there right in front of you and i they can't deny it yeah okay uh, I mean, they can do what they tried to do with Shane and hit you with a $5,000 frivolous filing penalty. But now that they've showed us what their whole card is, we can get around that real easy by just putting at the top of the cover letter not to be construed as a filing. This is legal, lawful notice. This is not a filing. Okay. Oh, I was going to ask you about that. You've, uh, you know, because I'm getting, I guess I'm getting caught up with some of the stuff that seems like it's different or changed a little bit. Well, we're constantly yeah. learning. It's not that things have changed. Yeah. It's that we're constantly learning and seeing new things we didn't know before and being able to put connect dots we couldn't connect before. Yeah, I've heard you say, I think I've heard you say, say tell, or people talked about sending in uh notices or affidavits or something to the irs now mm-hmm. well it's not just irs it's any agency uh and of course irs is a special case because they're not really an agency they just want right. to look like an agency to fool right. you okay but right. yeah what you're doing here chuck just so because you've been away you, you you didn't come around for a couple of years and now you're back around and we glad you're back okay uh and so uh what you're doing is the way to explain it, I think, is that up to this point, we've been playing on an uneven playing field. You're, you're, you, you follow OU football and college football a little bit, and so uh, it's as if we're playing on a playing field that's a 45-degree angle, okay? And we're on the downhill slope trying to play uphill. All right. And that's fighting the merchant law, and we don't know what we're fighting. Most people think they're fighting some kind of admiralty maritime thing, and it's this uniform commercial code, merchant law. Okay. So now when you file this affidavit and you level that playing field, the pitch, as they call it in England, now the pitch is level. Okay. And now we all got access to the same rules, and we got access to the common law, and we can weaponize it the same way they've been weaponizing the merchant law, which is what they've been doing. Okay, and so how do you weaponize? This is why I wanted Brent on here Friday to talk about this stuff and the weaponizing the common law, which is a great show, by the way. If you missed Friday with Brent, go on Castbox and download it. That was a, a one of the better Brent shows we've had on, and most of those are always good. So that says a lot. Okay, but what he didn't go over is this little aspect and wrinkle here, and that is once that we've got the playing field labeled, now how do we weaponize the common law? We use due process. Okay, and they use due process against us all the time, IRS and all these other agencies. They send you notice and then they default you and they come after you, right? Well, we can do that too. Okay, we couldn't do it before. Because we weren't having access to the common law. Well, now we got access to it, and that scares them because they don't like it, okay, because they can't defeat you there. 
like they can yep. with their trickery. So yep. notice and the right to be heard. That's due process. So now you're starting. You've got it on file with the head guy. We know how to get out of it. Now you're weaponizing it against all their agents, and it is an agency, laws agency type situation. They got people they report to. And so what you do is you start putting them on notice that that document, that sentence, that change of status form is on file with the guy it's supposed to be on file with, and you're totally legitimate. Now then, I'm putting you on notice that I'm no longer in your jurisdiction because your jurisdiction's only citizens of the United States and residents, and I'm not one of those anymore by your rules. And now, if you come after me, now you've stepped outside of your delegated responsibilities and you lose your cloak of immunity. That before, if I tried to sue you, you've got this cloak of governmental immunity they throw over you and I can't sue you. But now you've stepped outside of those responsibilities that you've got to stay within, and now you're personally liable, and I can come after everything you got. Okay. Okay. And what you're doing is putting them on notice. And the way you do it is with IRS, for example, since we're talking about that, I'd put at the top, we learned this from Shane's example, put at the top of the cover letter in capital letters, maybe even bold, maybe even underlined, if you wanted to underline certain key words, legal, lawful notice, not to be construed as a filing, not to be considered a filing, quote, underline bold okay now the only thing that they had in their arsenal to come back at you with this five thousand dollar frivolous filing penalty to scare the woo-woo out of you now you take that right out of their hands now they got nothing okay well i was just thinking that Whenever we sent in for the passport, they would take that after that because they check with the IRS to see whether you. No, have- you don't take any. Don't don't take anything for granted like that. That's like Cody. Cody coming on here and say, "Well, I sent one in cold, and they'll just go over and cross check that against my passport." No, they won't. Okay, you you applied and paid for a passport, a service they offer as a legal person. Your legal personality at that point was involuntary servitude. That passport, for as long as it's 10 years, is dedicated to that person that applied and paid for it. They're not going to go in and change your status and change horses in the middle of the stream. That's why you got to do another renewal on top of one if you've got one active and you still want to do this. I had a question about that yesterday from one of the new folks that heard us on Thumper Show. Now, I've got an existing passport. What do I do? Go back, do a renewal. They'll ask you to send in your current one. If you've got one that's current or one that's recently expired or even older than recently, they want you to send it back in, okay, especially if it's current. And what they'll do is they'll turn that around and send you the current one back real quick. You'll probably get it almost in return mail, okay? And then after that, they'll process the new legal personality. And I told the gal to just do order a card because that's all you don't need to hold book unless you want to travel on it. I can't imagine people doing a whole lot of international travel the way we used to, but maybe some folks are. If so, you may, you're going to need the book. But generally speaking, for our purposes here, I believe you can outlay $30 and just get the card. And now you've got the renewal. And if you want to travel, you've got the old book and you can go travel on that it's not going to hurt you to travel on that personality okay 
But yeah, all you're doing is putting people on notice. And here, Chuck, this is the other one that's real big. I think this is the kind of, kind of the newer stuff that we've come on since you've been gone. Sounds like an old country song, doesn't it? Since you've been gone, and so uh, well, that is to start doing it with the state. And uh, you remember Kay and Paul from years ago? Were you? I don't know if you were even around when I first started started doing this. Ten and a half years ago, almost eleven years ago, we had a couple out of California named Kay. And yeah, yeah. And Kay was in a lot of the natural food stuff, and she had already gotten caught up in the housing fiasco of 2008 and had tried to go into court not knowing any law or anything else and saved their house. Well, obviously, they lost it. And then they ended up moving to the East Coast to help uh, their daughter with the grandchildren, okay, where they've been for a number of years, and we lost track of them, kind of like with you. Well, all of a sudden, Kay and Paul popped back into the picture here a couple of years ago, and now they're in Connecticut, okay? And so Connecticut's a unique state in some ways, certainly the only state in the country with no sheriffs, for example, okay? And so uh, where she's wanting to put everybody under the sun on notice, she's about like pageant in in the uh, aggressive attack mode on this stuff okay mm-hmm. and so i'm thinking what we used to think well we want to put people on notice in the state so where do you start in the state will you start with the secretary of state right because we started yeah. with the secretary of state of the u.s right mm-hmm. well wrong that's not right because she'd send stuff to the secretary of state and they'd send back a letter say well, we don't have an account for you well are, are you trying to open an account here or what and then it, it triggered one of the beauties of this platform is we can get on here amongst other knowledgeable people and discuss these things and come up with answers generally, you know? And so it hit me that back in Georgia, if we were going to apply for a new TIN or tried to start a corporation so we could do some kind of networking deal under another number or TIN and not our social and that kind of stuff, we'd always go to the secretary of state to do that. And so the Secretary of State of the states now is in charge of state business. Because if you're going to incorporate, he's the person that incorporates you. If you're going to do this or do that, he's the person you deal with. He's the one that wants the accounting on your taxes, on your business, and all that kind of stuff. Okay? So where do you go now? Well, who's in charge of the laws of the state? Well, that's the Attorney General. So now we figured out that that's who you put on notice. And you go to the attorney general of the state because he's in charge of all the legal people in the state, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So now you put him on notice. And at the top, it's, with the IRS, you put legal lawful notice. This is not to be construed as a filing. Well, on the top of his cover letter, again, in probably capital letters, you put notice to the principal is notice to the agent. Notice to the agent is notice to the principal. Because now you're under the laws of agency, and all the legal people in the state are under his auspices and jurisprudence, right? Jurisdiction. And so now you put him on saying, please find the enclosed citizenship evidence now on file with the Secretary of State. Please adjust your records and your actions and your agent's actions. You might want to put in there accordingly. And you copy your local sheriff, your local chief of police, and your local district attorney. Now they're all on notice, and all the agents and the principals on notice, and under the laws of agency, they, they're connected, okay? Especially if you put them on notice. Okay. Now step out of line here, boys, 
and you're all personally liable. All right. Well, they are the arresting uh, agencies. Okay. So that's what we're doing. Don't forget, they run this whole shooting match on the laws of agency. Okay, these are administrative agencies that are dinging you. They, your congressman doesn't come ding you, all right? He's the one you represent, you elect, and send him up there to D.C. Well, he's just a figurehead. He's a trustee in bankruptcy, all right? They may pass some laws, but all they do is dish them off to these administrative agencies, and they reinterpret them and promulgate these man-made laws called regulations that don't have, in many cases, anything to do with the original legislation, and then they come after you and ding you with them. So, I, and before, I think we got John on. John, are you with us? Because I know you wanted to have the last 30 minutes, and I'm hoping you're with us. Are you there? Did I yeah, hear you? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. let, me, let me ask Chuck something before I turn this over to you. Chuck, what about my old friend Charles Key? Have you had any dealings or seen him pop up anywhere out there lately? No. I mean, he texted me a couple of weeks ago about some honey, but which I didn't have any, but uh, that's it. That's all in dings. You you tell him, (laughs) would you please give him my regards? And he's somebody you need to send this information to. For the folks that don't know, Charles Key uh, was a a, a legislator in Oklahoma when the Murrah building happened. And he was very outspoken about it. He owned an insurance agency or something at that point. was his regular business. And we had him at uh, two of our conventions, one in Atlanta and then one in Waco, Texas, to commemorate the Waco thing that we put on out there. And uh, he is one one of the nicest guys that you've ever met in your whole life and he's one of those people that the minute you meet him is like i'd known him my whole life and i think he felt the same way we really related with each other and i hadn't heard his name in years and i know that you had some sort of a relationship with him so please send him my my kindest and warmest regards and please put this information in front of him now that we've got it simplified now where were you uh where was atlanta uh, we had him in Atlanta. Uh, we flew him into one of the conventions we had with CCG there in Atlanta. And uh, also, I believe we did a thing out in Waco, and I think he was. they had him down there in Waco, too. Okay. Uh, CCG, what is that? Citizens for Constitutional Georgia. That's okay. what that stood for. You might remember under that, so that, that'll help. Citizens for Constitutional Georgia. Yeah, but well, heck of a nice guy. Me? Heck of a nice guy, Charlie Key. Yeah, he is. And now, here's the thing you mentioned that I just got before I left Don's house last night. The uh, uh, the old Air Force guy. He said, "Well, I told him. I said, you know what would be awesome is because I mean I had such a positive traction with him on this last night. I said, what would be awesome for me." is to have you and Mike Sawyer and Bob Donahue. Those are two big JBS guys here. Mike is the coordinator for Oklahoma. And I said, uh, and I know him well, and I said, but Mike is kind of, I don't know, he's distanced himself from me. (laughs) So anyway, uh, so Mike, Bob, and then Charles Key, because they all know each other. They're all in JBS. Um Charles is he was I don't know a big I haven't heard much lately so I don't know that there's a whole lot going on around here I, if there is I don't know what it is I haven't heard nothing so but if I could get those guys together that would be 
and and get this information received in a positive light it would be huge yeah those would, sounds like they'd be movers and shakers it'd be at the nucleus of getting yeah, it spread you know, because these people are connected and they know especially mike well even bob within the state but mike goes down into texas mm-hmm. okay all right so he knows he's the, he's the coordinator of not just oklahoma but also of texas i see Okay, it's well, let us know. Let us know if we're going to make some progress there, Chuck. I'd love to reconnect with Charles Key. I just remember how much I liked that guy and how much we related to each other. He's just a really likable, genuine human being. Uh, so let me, without getting too far afield here, let me go back and get John involved because he's gotten up early to come talk to us here today. And uh, John, happy to have you back with us. And you're going to come on and talk a little bit about Hyperfun. And we're tickled to death to have you. And you can transition over into Jim's show afterwards. And Jim can tell you about the boat show he was at this weekend. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to hear about that. Well, I'm glad to be over here. You know, we've been working together for a long time, not sure only have stuff but i mean you know trying to make money <laughs> to get into something and uh i i just y- you've been able to experience hyper fun now i finally got into it. it took me a year to get going over here um kathy uh kicking and screaming and you know all the way get over here how is kathy uh, doing let me interrupt on that is she she's doing not all right doing, she's not she's not doing very well she's I'm having sh- a really hard time i'm sorry to hear that uh, she has a hard time breathing and getting comfortable and um there just doesn't seem to be in my thoughts enough treatment activity here to start going um we got dr tom who also is in hyperfund with us who is a naturopath and homeopath that um his so his whole practice and stuff has kind of been blown up around him because of a divorce and uh, he's been trying to get his feet on the ground but he's been trying to help her too with nutritionals and uh it's a it's a really bad situation. You could lose her. She's got an awful lot of complications that are potentially very serious. Yeah, she's got congestive heart failure and kidney failure. You know, it's, her kidneys aren't eliminating the water, and the heart's not pumping hard enough to keep the blood and water flowing. You know, so I, I'm not. Congestive heart failure is a vitamin B deficiency. Yeah, I hear that all the time. She's taking a lot of stuff. Um, in any event, her heart isn't pumping properly. Uh, the left ventricle was only working at 25% efficiency. Mm, mm. And uh, that's the problem. And, and now the top part of the heart wasn't talking to the bottom part of the heart. And now supposedly that's beginning to work again. So it's it's she's this is all secondary to her diabetes diabetic complications that she's had for quite a long time she got some very bad advice years ago when she went in to see about her eye problems associated with the uh, diabetic neuropathy and uh, that that it just sent her down the wrong path and uh, it is what it is there's nothing we can do about it until we keep trying Uh, the biggest thing is is that at least hyperfund has become a stable way to actually grow some funds and things like that as you're seeing i think raj um and, and jim is certainly doing really well with it and i am too but i want to just go over quickly what hyperfund is it's just a short idea it yes is. please please for the folks that may be new yeah. and for even myself because i don't know that i really totally understand it yet but go ahead please i, I, right. I hadn't put the time into it honestly i should go ahead right. 
this is just a short couple uh, bullet points that, that we have uh, on our uh, Telegram channel so people can get it. So Hyperfund is a membership platform and it offers uh, multiple benefits for members. It is not an investment or financial product. Now our, our whole program was done under the auspices and with, in conjunction with the Federal Trade Commission. So we're perfectly legal in all countries around the world. They literally helped write our terms of service. And one of the benef biggest benefits uh, that I've never seen in any other company ever in my entire financial career is they offer full recourse uh, to the buyer. In other words, if any liquidity events aren't happening properly, they actually have the liquid assets to make sure that everybody gets paid. And that's in the terms and agreements. So it's not like one of these programs where you don't know who the people are and where the where the funding is coming from, and uh, you know um, they run off uh, as we've experienced in a whole bunch of programs. Well, at least one. Uh, yeah, and but the idea it's not an investment or financial product, and that's that's the biggest problem that we're having with a lot of people is they think it is, and if it was, then we would be under the SEC and FinCEN and all that other stuff, and they'd have to be licensed and do all those kind of things. It's not. Very akin to uh, an airline's rewards program. So at no time does Hyperfund manage a deposit account or crypto for members. You're buying a membership, and this membership um, pays you back uh, the price that you put in. And so the HU is not a token, a coin, or crypto. However, it is convertible to a coin. Um, so you don't you, you can but you can use it with what we call a rebuy. In other words, when you buy that membership, they begin paying you back that value of the membership. It's been multiplied times three. That's that's the rewards part. So you join the membership program, you get rewarded for joining, and they multiply your contribution times three. They begin making a payment back until all of that has been paid to you. So each membership gets paid back at the rate of one-half of 1% 1 per day. And it, it pays you for 600 days. And, and then what you can do with that is you can take it out, you can convert it into a, a coin, you can go to the uh, exchange and convert it into anything you want. And it works really well. Um, people are beginning to use uh, BitPay cards again to convert it into crypto that they can put on a, a BitPay card and spend it. Uh, the other thing is, is that a rebuy can also be used as a convenient way to purchase additional mini memberships and they get the same earned rewards, but they don't have to redeem them in order to be able to do this. So if you decide to use that payment to buy back in what we call it a rebuy, it is actually gets multiplied times three. So every 50, uh, HU tokens or whatever they are, units, that you put back in is, becomes 150. Well, because this program runs on a three times basis, that it takes 600 days to pay you back all of the uh, a reward in that account. You can literally buy these mini memberships every single day and you can get all of those multiplied times three. So you got your original purchase multiplied times three and now you get each one of these little rebuys can be multiplied times three can you see the multiplication here of memberships they just stack on top of each other but they run concurrently each membership pays you back a half a percent 
per day. That's 15% a month, you guys. So it just continues to do that. Um, in, in no event is does the membership grow to more than three times value. So um, the way it's structured, because you can buy these additional memberships, you literally can add all these memberships and all these payments, and it turns into something that you can use for, you take advantage of the educational program, you can take the, the, the funds out and spend them if you want. And the other thing is, is that what you're really doing and what they're doing is creating their customer base for all of the products that these guys develop. Now, you got to watch the videos in order to understand all this because the companies, where these guys came from, who they are, what they're accomplishing by creating these ecosystems. As a member, we get pre-market ability to protect, per, participate in the development of the companies that they have been generated. Now, look. These guys are the largest venture crypto capitalists on the planet. Nobody bigger. They've got equity in over 40 different exchanges out there. They're huge in mining. They're, they're, they're involved in almost 60% of the cryptocurrencies that are being mined today. I mean, I'm talking about the major ones. Uh, so, so we've got a bunch of guys, and they want 30 million people in this membership because they have got all of these companies that they're incubating and all of these coins they're incubating, and we get to participate in that. Now, after we hit the 30 million mark in terms of the membership, they're going to launch that as one giant IPO, which you will have an advantage in getting uh, pieces of that IPO as well. And your hyperfund will still continue. Uh, you just have to watch the videos, and you have to see it happen. And there are probably some other people on here that are doing it too. They they should talk about it a little bit. I think it's the best thing I've seen ever, especially for what we're dealing with in this environment in the country. Well, you know, the other uh, earlier we were talking, or maybe it was yesterday, I was talking about Havel, Havel, and I don't remember his first name. He was like the prime minister of Czechoslovakia or Hungary or one That's of those. That guy, okay, who was terribly against the communists and was wrote a book about the the way that we beat these guys is to set up alternative systems where we don't have to participate in their systems and that's what this is to me exactly and that's what these companies are for example they've already created the mars mall uh ryan zoo has called the martian because he just seems to everything he seems to do seems just seems to work now we know that's not true he certainly had some failures but he's had a lot more successes than failures and uh you know, people began to say, who are you? Who is this guy? You know, I mean, he's like he's coming from another world. That's how he got the nickname, the Martian. So he set up the Mars malls. He's setting up the Mars universities uh, all over. And, and what he does is he's going into countries. And this is Sam Leaf, uh, his associate down from uh, Australia. That's where they started. The company was in Australia. Mm -mm. Uh, they're going in and setting up these educational centers and giving them to the countries to teach their people all about the blockchain technology and how to utilize this stuff so everybody can better their lives. But anyway, they're competing with Alibaba and Amazon. Uh, they've had a stated goal that they want to wipe Amazon off the face of the planet. <laughs> I think that's funny. Uh, but they have all these different companies. They've got messaging companies they're putting together. They've got, um, I don't know, you I, I can't memorize everything. They, you just have to watch the videos. Right. You know, we've we got some pretty short ones that they can watch. 
But you'll see what they're building, and, and you get to be a part of this. And, and look what they're doing. They're literally creating their own customer base, and that's what we are. And, they don't need our money. And, and their stated goal is $30 million, and how many people are involved in it? About half, a little over half a million at this point? Uh, well, I talked to Amanda here just a couple of days ago. Amanda is the person that brought us into the company. She's the number two in the Western world uh, in Hyperfun. Um, uh, about 600000 right now. Mm-hmm. That's it. So it's wide open. And this is the perfect thing for people who are really adverse to um, volatility because this doesn't, this doesn't fluctuate with the market. And you got to understand when they collapse the dollar and they come after everybody's money, they can't get this. This isn't theirs. They can't touch it. But yet it, it helps you uh, with your finances. And whatever you can get in for a minimum is what, $300? Well, yeah, you can, but you, you, nobody's happy with three hundred dollar deal because you, your first rebuy is thirty four days away. Right. I mean, it, you know, everybody operates on the month, so I would say a five hundred is would be the minimum that you would want to do, and that way you get to do a rebuy every twenty days, and even that's kind of kind of long. But um, it's a fantastic program, and people need to look at this thing very seriously. But my point was that whatever you decide to put in, if that's the minimum, you get nine hundred dollars credit when you put the three hundred dollars in. Well, it ain't it ain't dollars now. You well, all right, all right, you get the third three times credit. I'm sorry for the nomen, get, nomenclature screw up. Right, that's correct, and that's a promotion, and they're doing this to accelerate the growth of the program. At some point, it'll go back to the standard two times. But as long as you're you're in, you've got the three times. Okay, um, and it's huge. Well, you you've seen your own account grow. Well, I have, and I get up every morning, and it's one of the first things I do is go in and check and see if I've got enough to do a rebuy. And lately, I've been having enough to do it every day, which is fantastic. Right. Well, that's the other advantage is, is you can. It doesn't have an affiliate package with it. It doesn't pay commissions or anything. See, this is hard for people to understand. They're used to when they get in some kind of a network program and you send money in there, that money gets distributed amongst a whole bunch of people. That doesn't happen here. Your funds go into your own account and nothing happens to it. Nobody gets a commission. It doesn't go up, down. It's there until you buy your own membership. And the, the rewards come back to you. What they do do is, is that if you do refer somebody, then they, the company, will give you a 20% of whatever that payment that they get, the people that you referred doesn't matter. And there's no limit to the amount of funds that you can put in here. And I'm, I'm literally talking to a lot of people that are going to be walking away from their jobs, and they get all money in 401ks and IRAs, and you know that's all going to evaporate. It's going to take control of all that stuff. They've already co-opted all the pensions already anyway with the investments they've been doing with China and everybody else. Well, you know, that's a part of the speculation on why they're trying to kill all the old people is because they've stolen all of the money out of their pension accounts. They don't want well, them to find out. <laughs> we're, we're in serious financial problems, and this is one way to get kind of a little safety place where you can actually do something to avoid that. And uh, people are saying, well, maybe i got to go invest in coins. I'm going to go invest in coins. Which one should I invest in? I don't know. There's 11,000 of them now. Which one do you want? You know, it's just not a viable thing to play with. It's highly risky and highly suspect, and you don't have that problem here. Now, the educational pattern here, you can literally learn everything you need to know about blockchain and, and cryptocurrency uh, transactions because 
you get to participate in the Mars University type stuff. They take you from knowing nothing and walk you through all of these different concepts in little short videos and little short texts uh, in the back office. And they start from the basic, basic beginner to uh, advanced uh, work. Uh, and that comes right along with the whole thing. So you get to learn while you earn, so to speak. Okay. It's very exciting. Well, it's a pretty interesting program, and uh, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, very grateful uh, to get in it and to see the successes I've seen in a pretty short amount of time. So if anybody does want to have any interest here, why don't you just drop me a uh, email at radioranch at mail.com and just say hyperfund info i'll forward it to john and kathy they've got a number of uh three two or three short videos they send out i think uh regularly and uh, if you're interested you can follow up on that and if you're not that's okay too yeah all right we listen they've only got six hundred thousand in here uh there's 30 million they want in here and there's seven and a half billion people on the planet i i, I don't think we're going to have a problem well, especially as things start going south more in the traditional things and people sure. are like they're looking for our information here on status, they're looking for information on alternate systems and platforms, I got to believe. Well, they've got to have it. And this is one of the things that we're talking a lot of these meetings that I go to up in L.A. Everybody is worried about how they're going to survive. Um, and one of the first things I talk about is changing their status as a national to get control of their their body and their their family and then they need an alternate form of funding well i'm here i've got everything here <laughs> i'm not playing with anything else i'm not speculating with coins or anything like that i still have some bitcoin we're hanging on to but uh, uh everything is going into this program i i really wish i'd looked into this a lot sooner yeah i did well, take a year to look into it but um you still got in. We got you got in early enough, and uh, there's a lot of upside on this at this page. And right. uh, it could happen. Actually, it could fill those numbers pretty quickly, depending on how things go on uh, on our opponent's side. Some people ask me if it can uh, should take a loan to do this. I, I, seriously, this is the only thing I have seen that I would say a, a small loan to get going, ten thousand or so. Um, would put you in the sweet spot and within a year you would probably wouldn't even have that loan anymore okay so anyway food for thought and uh glad you uh got up early enough and hopefully we'll do this on mondays uh, from here on out and then transition over with jim and who's been involved with it i think jim got involved you guys got involved in may right yeah yeah and then jim came on shortly after okay so you've been involved almost six months approaching six months yeah i guess so it, it, the time is flying man i'm telling you but we are involved with this every single day and uh, it's like you say it's it's like christmas every day really <laughs> well it's it's pretty encouraging some of the things that you can do with within what was 20 months down the line 600 days is about 20 months right and then right right exactly so what you yeah. can do on on rebuying these things in 20 months down the line is pretty 20 months a pretty short amount of time really in the in the it's, great space of things do you realize that in the, my financial planning practice we were using 20 and 30 year time frames to plan pensions i don't need to do that anymore here we're talking year 
two years. <laughs> so you got all these people out there that have never done any savings and they're losing what they have and they need to do something that they can put it in that they're not going to have to worry that it's going to be taken away by an adverse market. Uh, and this is the only thing that I can find that I've ever seen. And it's supported by, by people with unbelievable wealth. I mean, I don't know if these guys even know how much money they have because it's in the billions. Well, these are for the people that we didn't uh, elaborate on this at the start, but these are some of your rich Bitcoin kids that at one point early in the life of Bitcoin actually evidently helped keep Bitcoin afloat. Well, that was Ryan Zhu. Uh, when uh, when it went up to $1,000 and then crashed down to 100 150 uh, all the different companies that went out and mortgaged all their machines and stuff, counting on you know this fantastic growth, uh, they had to bail out and get rid of their machines because they couldn't pay for them. So most of these uh, miners uh, in China went bank, bank, uh, bankrupt. And Ryan believed in this thing so much that he put everything he had into continuing to mine. And because of that, he's been richly rewarded, amazingly rewarded. Well, yeah, And, you know, like that doctor we were talking with, Dr. McDonald from Frontline Doctors, their whole program and stuff is being supported by a bunch of Bitcoin billionaires. Is um, that right? Yep. And they all moved to Puerto Rico to avoid uh, taxes and stuff. Yeah, a lot of people have moved to Puerto Rico. Mike Maloney, right. another one, I believe. Yeah, that's right. And he, he said that they're funding uh, – he says these guys have so much money they <laughs> – they just uh, don't, you know. They're they're more than willing they, to share and put it behind. They they could be Sabbatean Jews. They got so much money. They could be, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but at least they're supporting the good guys. <laughs> there you go. Well, we like to hear that part. Um, yeah, you okay. Well, there's our whistler, which means that John's going to hang hang around, and I'm sure Jim Ram is on the board with us. He usually is at this point, and we're just going to hand the baton over to him and carry on this conversation with Hyperfund and wherever Jim wants to go and tell us about his uh, trip to, I think it was Maryland, to the boat show there. And I'll bet you he, he's got him a catamaran in mind already, I know. I bet you he was over there looking at the new model on that. Where are you, Jim? Is that what you're doing? Yeah, what I was doing. Is it, how, How's that new catamaran look, man? Oh man, it looks it. I it, you know it looks so good in the videos that I've seen. I had no idea in person. I can see why it always wins the uh, fit and finish and uh, systems installation awards. I mean, there is nothing like this thing anywhere. Mm. It is so cool. Well, I'm just real envious because that's one of my passions in life is sailing, and uh, I don't get to do anywhere near as much as I'd like, but I sure do like it. Uh, so I'll be listening to that as I get on with the stuff i got to get done today. So enjoyed it. Good show today, and Jim Ram is next. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow and see what happens tomorrow betwixt now and then. Anything that comes up in between, we'll certainly be here to discuss it. So uh, thank you, guys. Hope you got something out of the show today. John, glad to have you with us, as always. And uh, we'll uh, look forward to continuing this on Mondays. And we're gonna about to get cut off of the server here, and Jim Ram is next. In fact, we are off the server as of now. So, uh, Jimbo, I'm going to hand the baton over.